Hello, this is Jeff Barnum reading the Supreme Court Opinion Syllabus in United States versus Hansen, certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Argued March 27, 2023. Decided June 23, 2023. Respondent Helen Hansen promised hundreds of non-citizens a path to U.S. citizenship through adult adoption. But that was a scam. Though there is no path to citizenship through adult adoption, Hansen earned nearly $2 million from his scheme. The United States charged Hansen with inter alia violating 8 United States Code, Section 1324, subparagraph A1, capital A, sub 4, which forbids encouraging or inducing an alien to come to, enter, or reside in the United States, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such activity is or will be in violation of law. Hansen was convicted and moved to dismiss the Clause 4 charges on First Amendment overbreath grounds. The District Court rejected Hansen's argument, but the Ninth Circuit concluded that Clause 4 was unconstitutionally overbroad. Held because Section 1324 sub A1A4 forbids only the purposeful solicitation and facilitation of specific acts known to violate federal law, the clause is not unconstitutionally overbroad. Hansen's First Amendment overbreath challenge rests on the claim that Clause 4 punishes so much protected speech that it cannot be applied to anyone, including him. A court will hold a statute facially invalid under the overbreath doctrine if the law prohibits a substantial amount of protected speech relative to its plainly legitimate sweep. In such a circumstance, society's interest in a free expression outweighs its interest in the statute's lawful applications. Otherwise, Courts must handle unconstitutional applications as they usually do, case by case. The issue here is whether Congress used encourage and induce in Clause 4 as terms of art referring to criminal solicitation and facilitation, thus capturing only a narrow band of speech, or instead as those terms are used in ordinary conversation, thus encompassing a broader swath. Criminal solicitation is the intentional encouragement of an unlawful act, and facilitation, i.e. aiding and abetting, is the provision of assistance to a wrongdoer with the intent to further an offense's commission. Neither requires lending physical aid. For both, words may be enough. And both require an intent to bring about a particular unlawful act. The terms encourage and induce, found in Clause 4, are among the most common verbs used to denote solicitation and facilitation. Their specialized usage is displayed in the Federal Criminal Code as well as the criminal laws of every state. If the challenge statute uses those terms as they are typically understood in the criminal law, an overbreath challenge would be hard to sustain. Hansen, like the Ninth Circuit, insists that Clause 4 uses, encourages, and induces in their ordinary rather than specialized sense. In ordinary parlance, induce means to lead on, 
to influence, to prevail on, or to move by persuasion or influence. And encourage means to inspire with courage, spirit, or hope. If Clause 4 conveys these ordinary meetings, it arguably reaches abstract advocacy or general encouragement, and its applications to protected speech might render it vulnerable to an overbreath challenge. The court holds that Clause 4 uses encourages or induces in its specialized criminal law sense, that is, as incorporating common law liability for solicitation and facilitation. Context indicates that Congress used those words as terms of art. Encourage and induce have well-established legal meanings, and when Congress borrows terms of art in which are accumulated the legal tradition and meaning of centuries of practice, it presumably knows and adopts the cluster of ideas that were attached to each borrowed word. That inference is even stronger here because Clause 4 prohibits encouraging and inducing a violation of law, which is the object of solicitation and facilitation too. The Ninth Circuit stacked the deck in favor of ordinary meaning, but it should have given specialized meaning a fair shake. When words have several plausible definitions, context differentiates among them. Here, the context of these words indicates that Congress used them as terms of art. Statutory history is an important part of the relevant context. When Congress enacted in 1885 what would become the template for Clause 4, it criminalized knowingly assisting, encouraging, or soliciting immigration under a contract to perform labor. Then, as now, encourage had a specialized meaning that channeled accomplice liability, and the words assisting and soliciting, which appeared alongside encouraging, reinforced the narrower criminal law meaning. When Congress amended that provision in 1917, it added induce, which also carried solicitation and facilitation overtones. In 1952, Congress enacted the immediate predecessor for Clause 4 and also simplified the language from the 1917 Act, dropping the words assist and solicit and making it a crime to willfully or knowingly encourage or induce or attempt to encourage or induce either directly or indirectly, the entry into the United States of any alien not lawfully entitled to enter or reside within the United States. Hansen believed these changes dramatically broadened the scope of Clause 4's prohibition on encouragement, but accepting that argument would require the court to assume that Congress took a circuitous route to convey a sweeping and constitutionally dubious message. The better understanding is that Congress simply streamlined the previous statutory language. Critically, the terms Congress retained, encourage and induce, substantially overlap in meaning with the terms it omitted, assist and solicit. Clause 4 is thus best understood as a continuation of the past. Henson argues that the absence of an express mens rea requirement in Clause 4 means that the statute is not limited to solicitation and facilitation. But when Congress placed encourages and induces in Clause 4, the traditional intent associated with solicitation and facilitation 
was part of the package. The federal aiding and abetting statute works the same way. It contains no express mens rea requirement, but implicitly incorporates the traditional state of mind required for aiding and abetting. Clause 4 is situated among other provisions that function in the same manner. C.E.G. Sections 1324, subparagraphs A1A51 and A1A52. Since encourages or induces draws on the same common law principles, Clause 4 also incorporates a mens rea requirement implicitly. Finally, it bears emphasis that the canon of constitutional avoidance counsels the court to adopt the government's reading if it is at least fairly possible. Section 1324 sub A1A4 reaches no further than the purposeful solicitation and facilitation of specific acts known to violate federal law. So understood, it does not prohibit a substantial amount of protected speech relative to its plainly legitimate sweep. It is undisputed that Clause 4 encompasses a great deal of non-expressive conduct, which does not implicate the First Amendment at all, e.g. smuggling non-citizens into the country. Because these types of cases are heartland Clause 4 prosecutions, the plainly legitimate sweep of the provision is extensive. To the extent Clause 4 reaches any speech, it stretches no further than speech integral to unlawful conduct, which is unprotected. Hansen, on the other hand, fails to identify a single prosecution for ostensibly protected expression in the 70 years since Congress enacted Clause 4's immediate predecessor. Instead, he offers a string of hypotheticals, all premised on the expansive ordinary meanings of encourage and induce. None of these examples are filtered through the traditional elements of solicitation and facilitation. Most importantly, the requirement that a defendant intend to bring about a specific result. Because Clause 4 does not have the scope Hansen claims, it does not produce the horribles he parades. Hansen also resists the idea that Congress can criminalize speech that solicits or facilitates a civil violation, and some immigration violations are only civil. But even assuming that Clause 4 reaches some protected speech, and even assuming that its application to all of that speech is unconstitutional, the ratio of unlawful to lawful applications is not lopsided enough to justify facial invalidation for overbreadth. Reversed and remanded. Justice Barrett delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas Alito, Kagan, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined. Justice Thomas filed a concurring opinion. Justice Jackson filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Sotomayor joined. Thank you for listening. Please help us by rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you subscribe so you can get all of the end-of-term decisions automatically delivered to your device. If you wish to communicate with the podcast, please email us at scotusdecisions at gmail.com.